Welcome back to Sending Singles. It's uh, Todd. We're going to be doing um, November of 1980 on the Hot 100. And I reviewed the songs that hit the top 40 and some songs that hit the Hot 100. And just talk about them from a collector's point of view. So let's get started. Um, the highest debut that week was actually a new song on the Hot 100. It debuted at number 32. Um, and it was by Neil Diamond, and it was called Love on the Rocks, and it's from his movie The Jazz Singer. And, you know, when it came out, it was okay, but as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate Neil Diamond more. I much prefer his 60s rockin' songs and some of his 70s, but this was a ballad for him. And it was a huge hit back then because it went all the way to number two. And um, it was on a capital. It had a custom label, though. It was a black label that I think was made just for The Jazz Singer. And the picture sleeve as well shows a picture of him as a jazz singer. Kind of a custom picture sleeve. Um, not a valuable record because it was a big hit. And uh, probably about a 2 to $3.45. Next song to come in that week came in at 35 It jumped up from 41 It was the first solo hit for Jimmy Hall. And he uh, was the lead singer of a group called Wet Willie that was a southern rock band that had had a couple top 40 hits. And this one was a solo one called I'm Happy That Love Has Found You, kind of a mid-tempo song. It's on the Epic label with no picture sleeve. And it did go to number 27, and it's as high as it got, and it was his only top 40. That was the only time he ever hit solo. And not a hard record to find or a valuable record, probably a 2 to $3 record in really good shape. And that's Jimmy Hall, I'm Happy That Love Has Found You. Next song was another big, big song, and it also debuted on the Hot 100 that week at number 37, which is kind of unusual to have two songs debut on the charts the same week. But this one was huge. Uh, it was by John Lennon, and it was called Just Like Starting Over. And um, it would go on to number one. It was up there for five weeks. And it was actually, I believe, charted before he was uh, killed. So at the time, it was still a big record. And it was from his album Double Fantasy on Geffen was the label at that point. And it did have a picture sleeve, and it shows John and Yoko on the cover and on the back. Um, not a valuable record. It does have some value because it's John Lennon. But there were so many copies made, and since it was a big number one hit, it's not worth a lot of money. I'd say maybe three or four bucks at the most. And that's John Lennon starting over. And yes, it was played all over the place um, at the time. Next song to come in was probably the biggest uh, Hot 100 hit for Waylon Jennings, and he was huge on the country charts. This one was a crossover, and it was a TV theme to the Dukes of Hazard. and at the time, this, the TV show was extremely popular, and it was just the theme of the show, and it was on um, Waylon, Jennings, Waylon Jennings, if I could talk, label with the W on it and the blue uh, label which was his own custom label. And it did have a picture sleeve, and it just shows the hands of him playing the guitar, kind of like they did on the TV show, and doesn't show his head at all, just his body and the guitar. So the song itself would go to number 21, which was a pretty big hit for him, and um, obviously because of the TV show, it was a big hit. And that's the theme from the Dukes of Hazard, Waylon Jennings. Um, last song to come in, was a, uh, I believe it was the last single from Billy Joel's Glass Houses album that they released. And it's called Sometimes a Fantasy, and it's not one you hear that often. 
It came in at number 40 and would only go to number 36, so it was not a big hit for Billy Joel. Um, on the Columbia label, the thing about this one is it does have a picture sleeve, but it's extremely hard to find. Only seen it a couple times in 30 or 40 years. Does have some value to it because it was just, I don't know why they didn't produce a lot of them, but just very hard to find. It shows him singing, sitting on a green couch with a phone in his hand with a red jacket and a blue tie. So I thought it was kind of a cool looking sleeve. And that's Billy Joel's Sometimes a Fantasy. And that was the last song to debut that week in the Hot 100. So the next song I'm going to talk about came in the next week. We're moving to November 8th, 1980. And there were another five songs that came in. And this is by another huge artist who was just really getting started. And it came in at number 30, and it actually debuted in the Hot 100 at that position. And it was by Bruce Springsteen. It's called Hungry Heart. And it was on the Columbia label. And it did have a picture sleeve, and it shows him standing on a boardwalk next to a phone booth. And got a huge amount of airplay. Would go to number five. And because it was such a big hit, Springsteen always has some value to him. But this one was not one of his valuable records because it was such a big, big hit. So I'd say it's maybe only four or five bucks with the picture sleeve itself. And that's uh, Bruce Springsteen, Hungry Heart. I, You know, I kind of liked it. Um, Springsteen's kind of grown on me over the years. I, I've learned a more appreciation for him. Back then, he was just okay. Um Next song to come in um, was by a guy that used to be in the group The Eagles, and he went solo, and his name was Randy Meisner. And his first hit um, came in at 37, up from 50, and it was called Deep Inside My Heart. Very upbeat song on the Epic label, and it did have a girl singing on it, and she's not credited on the label, but it is Kim Carnes who sings the, uh, the female parts in this record. And I like this record a lot, enough to make it number one on my countdown. Um, but it will, would only go to number 22 on the Hot 100. No picture sleeve for that, and that's on the Epic label, the Blue Epic label, and that's Randy Meisner, Deep Inside My Heart. Not a song you hear at all anymore on the radio. And that moves us to another song we hardly ever hear on the radio either, and this is a one-hit wonder band, I call them. It was called the Corgis, and it was spelled K-O-R-G-I-S, and they were a group from England. And the song that they charted with came in at 38, and it's called Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime. It's on the Asylum label. Kind of a low, kind of a slow to mid-tempo record, kind of an interesting record, one you don't hear. And it would make it to number 18, which wasn't bad. And um, it was from their album Dumb Waiters, and uh, never really heard about this group until they charted and didn't hear much about them afterwards here either. So like I said, that was their only hit. And that's Everybody's Gotta Learn Sometime by the Corgis. Next uh, next song to come in at 39 from 43 was a song by John Cougar, who obviously went on to be John Cougar Mellencamp, but at that time he was still John Cougar on the Raya label. And um, it was called This Time, and it came in at 39. We go to number 27, kind of a mid-tempo rocker song uh, from the album Nothing Matters and What If It Did. And not one you heard on the radio a lot. and wasn't one of his huge hits. You'll hear it occasionally. It does not um, have a lot of value as far as, you know, a lot of money. It's probably about a $4 record, and it did not have a picture sleeve. And the final song to come in that week just squeaked in the top 40. It moved from 40 to 41, 
and that's as high as it got. It was only in there for maybe one or two weeks, and it's by the rock group Kansas, and it's called Hold On. It was kind of a slow ballad, rock ballad from the album Audio Visions. And I remember that album, Audio Visions, um, I remember getting it as part of that Columbia record package where you sent away and got 10 records for like a penny or something. I remember getting that album. And for some reason, that just sticks in my mind. But the song Hold On by Kansas hit number 40. It's on their label, Kirshner, and Not a Valuable 45 did not have a picture sleeve. And I am going to talk about one song that came in the Hot 100 that week, and it was from a movie. Um, and it was um, a movie called Times Square that was out around 1980. And I never saw the movie, but the music was good. And this is by, it was a duet. It's called Help Me. Came in at number 50, and it's by Marcy Levy and Robin Gibb. Of course, he was one of the BGs. Came in at 87 and went to 50, and it had a picture sleeve, a pink picture sleeve with a, with a picture of the uh, two actor and actresses on the cover. Not sure who they are. And this is in the transition period where RSO Records was moving to that tan label to the silver label. So I actually have it on two different colored labels, uh, the silver and the tan label. And that's Help Me by Marcy Levy and Robin Gibb. And I'd say the picture sleeves, eh, medium hard to find. I'd say it's probably about a $5 sleeve if you can find it. And that brings us to the middle of the month. Refresh my voice there for a second of 1980, and we're up to November 15th, 1980. And speaking of the Bee Gees, another Bee Gee, Barry Gibb, came in with this one with Barbara Streisand. It was the highest debut that week, came in at 29. It was called Guilty, and it was from her album called Guilty. It was follow-up to her number one, Woman in Love, and it would go to number three, so it was a very big hit on the Columbia label, no picture sleeve, and not a valuable or hard record to find since it was such a big big hit. Uh, next song was a song by Air Supply. It came in at 35 and also was a big hit. Went to number five. It's called Every Woman in the World. It was a ballad on their Arista label. And I've talked about Air Supply before. Don't have a lot to say about them. Not a valuable record and no picture sleeve with that one. Next song to come in at number 37 was a Another song by Diana Ross, and she was pretty big at that time after having Upside Down and I'm Coming Out. This was a, a movie song, actually, even though it was off our album called It's My Time, or It's My Turn, I should say. It's on the Motown label. And it did have a picture sleeve, and it shows a kind of like a painting of her on the one side. And on the other side, it's got a picture of uh, Michael Douglas, a young Michael Douglas. And I'm not sure the actress. I think it's Joe Claiborne, but I, the movie, it was called... Um, it's my turn, and I never saw the movie, so I couldn't tell you anything about it. Just remember the song. It was a ballad. It came in at 37, went to number nine, so it was a pretty big hit for her. And that's Diana Ross, It's My Turn. Next song to come in at 38 was one of my favorites of the year. Very odd song. And all I can tell you is about 10 months before, it was a big hit in this area. And uh, that's apparently I heard it all the time around here, and it never charted. And all of a sudden... I see it on the Hot 100 months later, and it finally got some national airplay. And I'm talking about the Vapors turning Japanese. And um, it was a big hit around here, like I said before. And it finally made national charts and came in at 38, only made it to 36, and was on the United Artists label. Got re-released on Liberty, but just an odd song um, from the album Nuclear Days. Very some odd lyrics, but a really upbeat, kind of interesting song. And that's 
a one-hit wonder, of course. The Vapors never had another top 40 hit, and that's Turning Japanese. And the next song to come in was a equally kind of obscure song. Came in at 39, would go to 38, and then fell off. It was by a duo called Nielsen and Pearson, and it was called If You Should Sail. And the only time I've ever heard that song recently is on Yacht Rock stations. It's on the Capital Purple label. It's kind of a little river bandish sounding record, a little bit of Dr. Hook in there. Um, it's called If You Should Sail. Not a valuable 45, hardly ever hear it except for that. And at the time, I don't think I heard it that much at all. And that's If You Should Sail by Nielsen and Pearson. Probably about a 2 or $3 record because uh, no picture sleeve with that one. And the last song to come in was a, a country song, which had crossed over. And it was by a big country artist at the time named Don Williams. And he had had a lot of country hits up until this point. And this is kind of a very low, slow ballad. It's called I Believe in You. And it came in at 40. We go to 24, which wasn't bad. It's on the MCA label. Not a song I heard a lot on the pop stations. I'm not sure how it got over there, but I heard it in the country, but not pop. And it turned out it was his only top 40 hit. He never had another top 40, and that's Don Williams and I Believe in You. Which brings us to another week in November. I was cruising through the month of 1980. And this next song, I remember hearing, and it, was the first, it was, um, wasn't the first song I'd heard by this group, but it was kind of interesting. It's by The Police. It's called the Do-Do-Do-Da-Da-Da, very interesting label design, kind of an orange label with a blue triangle in the middle, and it was released with several different types of sleeves. This one was a, uh, a record sleeve with not a picture on it. It just says the police and the, and the name of the uh, song on the sleeve itself, which is kind of unusual. It was back then, but no picture on it. So yes, you could qualify it as a picture sleeve, but it didn't really actually have a picture. Sleeve itself's got some value because the police is very collectible now. So I'd say, all in all, it's probably about a $10 record if you have it in good shape. And lo and behold, it came in at 30 and went to number 10. So it was a top 10 for them, and that's the police. Uh, next song to come in was a number one song, huge, huge song. Um, I used to DJ quite a bit back then. And this would always get up people dancing no matter what. It was called Celebration by Cool and the Gang. And it was very, very upbeat. Uh, played a lot. It's been two weeks at number one. It's on the Delight label, which was the label for Cool and the Gang. And it came in at 35 and hung around a long time. And that's Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Not a valuable record um, at all because it was such a big hit to find. And that's Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Um, next song was kind of very unusual, and when it first came out, I didn't understand what they were talking about with this song, and then I realized what it was. Back in the 70s, there was an artist named Harry Chapin. He had a lot of big hits, one of them, Cats in the Cradle. He also had a hit called Taxi, and it was a story song about him driving a taxi and visiting his old girlfriend and such. This song was called Sequel, and it was basically the sequel to the Taxi song. And it came in at 36 and would go to 23, and all these years later, it was probably about eight or nine years later when this song came out. And it was a very long song. It was like six minutes and 36 seconds, which is kind of long to put on a 45, and it's on the Boardwalk label. And no picture sleeve, but not a song you hear a lot, and didn't hear it a lot back then, but... 
It's a neat story song. So if you ever want to hear the sequel to Taxi, that's what this is. That's Harry Chapin. That was his last top 40 hit because he had passed away in a car wreck in the 70s. So, Next song uh, was another movie song, and it was actually the last song to come out of the movie Xanadu. And I'm talking about Olivia Newton-John, and sadly we just lost her a couple weeks ago when I'm recording this. She passed away at 73. But back then she was doing a duet with Cliff Richard, one of my artists, and this was called Favorite Artist, I should say. And this is called Suddenly, and it was a ballad, and it was from the movie Xanadu. It was actually released on two different labels, the first one being the Purple Xanadu label, and the second pressing being the Rainbow MCA label, and it did have a picture sleeve, the same as her hit in Magic. It was the same kind of sleeve. And it would come in at 39 and go to number 20, so it was a fairly big hit for them and a, and a nice song. I always smile whenever I hear this song. It was a nice song. And speaking of movies... The last song I'm going to talk about that came in at number 40 for that week was uh, Paul Simon's movie called One Trick Pony, and it was the title song, One Trick Pony. And actually, I liked this song quite a bit. Didn't hear it that lot, but it did make number 40, and that's as high as it got on the Warner Brothers label. And Paul Simon would not have another hit for a long time, at least five or six years after this one. But that's uh, One Trick Pony and um, not a valuable record at all, but just a cool record to listen to. And I am going to talk about one song that came in the Hot 100 that week. And it's a song I did not hear or didn't even know about back when it came out. And it took me years later to figure out what this was. And um, I don't, I can't remember how I found out about this group, but it was a short-lived group called Rockpile. And I believe... Um, Nick Lowe was part of this group and the song's called Teacher Teacher and it sounds like Nick Lowe a lot and it's actually a great song. It came in at 84 and went to 51 um, on the Columbia label and yes it does have some value because it's kind of a rare single. I'd say it's about a 15 to 20 dollar record at this point and it's called Teacher Teacher by Rockpile and um, it did not make the top 40. They did never have a top 40 and this could have been their only Hot 100. I'd have to look that up. But it was from the album Seconds of Pleasure, and that's uh, Teacher, Teacher. And that's about it for this week of the edition of Spinning Singles. And I'm Todd, and next week we'll pick up again. I think we have one more week in November 1980 before we get into December. And um, I will see you next time.